Hey guys, what's going on? It's John and Ryan here for No Holding Back on the week after 4th of July. I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday. Uh, a lot of stuff happened in the last two weeks, which we wanted to cover. We wanted to make sure the NBA free agency wrapped up before we did another pod because we didn't want to jump in and end up saying some stupid shit, which ended up changing, as we can see, with some of these deals. So on the show today, we're going to go over the NBA free agency period and all the trades that happened to uh, to some of those teams. Um, going over our favorites to win based on the changes that have happened so far. Uh, obviously, unless you live under a rock, the U.S. women's national team went back-to-back, so we'll give a little touch-up on them. Uh, Ryan's going to get deep into UFC 239, his biggest and losers, and, and what we can see from uh, UFC 240 and beyond. And it's the it's a summer classic, M- MLB All-Star Weekend. We're going to touch on the Home Run Derby. Last Monday was obviously the famous Bobby Bonilla day, so we're going to touch on why and how maybe the Mets got into that stupid decision. And, uh, you know, it's uh, starting to become a tournament season, and LT Gray is about to tee it up at the Open next week, so we're going to preview what we got from there. So after I just went on for a couple 30 seconds, uh, Ryan, what do we want to start with there, big guy? Yeah, how about... Getting another dose of fireworks, man. As if the 4th of July wasn't big enough, we hit NBA, one of the wildest free agencies I've ever seen. I don't know about you, but it's been pretty crazy with the switching of teams. Right, and this is probably why the MLB should probably take a lesson from the NBA about how quickly everything moves and it's such an instantaneous type of world right now where everything's done on social media. Like, all the big... Players moved in the yeah, first like I, I, twenty-four I think hours. The NFL set the president right, presence forward, and then every, the NBA quickly followed. They adapted. They um, really engaged in Twitter, any social mm-hmm. media aspect, and MLB is just stuck in the stone yeah. age behind this man. Yeah, I think the one thing that I would change if I was um, Adam Silver is that I would move NBA free agency before the before the draft. For two reasons. One, you can see what your team is going to look like before you draft your next talent. And then two, we don't have to see these kids go up on stage with the different hats to the teams that they're going to play on, which is like the dumbest thing ever. So um, I would rather them move it before the draft so it I, solidifies yeah, everything. I, I think the only thing with that is you'd have to wait longer from the NBA Finals for that. Right, because well, you, you, you can't have free agency that close to the ending of the season. Because it, it even feels like free agency right now, the season just ended. Yeah, but I I still think even if the if it ends at the end of June or in the middle of June, you, you know July first, it you know you do free agency and that's just the start of the league year, and then you just move the draft Put the back. draft into yeah. July. Yeah, man. Really make me wait. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're no longer at that 66ers trust the process type of bullshit anymore, so you don't have to worry about the nah, that. No, that team's locked and sealed for a while. Yeah, well, they're going to sure. have to be. So I guess let's make it into, let's start with your Sixers. Yeah, uh, how, so. How do, we, how do we feel? I'm I'm pretty happy. Jumbo lineup, no one under 6'6". Six, six. Um, Jimmy pushing his way out, wanting to go to be Heat. You know, I, I, I think they did well with getting compensation back for when he could have just walked on his own. Yes, I, I think that's a great, um, a great advantage to them. But I also have to give the Sixers a lot of credit. The, a lot of teams, including the Sixers specifically, know Jimmy Butler has some in, serious injury history, and they were wary right. about you know giving him a max offer, which is, is at, at thirty years them. old. Right. Also, right, and so, their max offer would have been five years, not the four. Correct. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I was a little weary of giving Toby that much money, but it's a sunk cost at that point, you know? You give up all those assets, he's fits them, he's younger, he's 26, 27, right around there. So I think even regardless of whether the sunk cost and you wanted to keep him because of what you gave the Clippers, you know, the reason why he had a down year, in my opinion, was because he was the fourth wheel on that team. Now he's going to be the third option, and it's asked very to do difficult. More, yeah. right, he's going to ask to do more. He's going to have to do more. Uh, so I think he's going to have a much better year than he did in the second half of this previous one. Yeah, and then the surprise signing of Al Horford. 
Yeah, I, I think everyone thought that he was full of shit when he when he kind of negged on, on on Boston and said, "Oh, you know, I have a hundred million dollar offer out there if you're only going to give mm-hmm. me 80 And I guess the team that he was looking at were the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a four year deal for a thirty three year old. It's going to be a lot of money at the end, but the way I, they can front load it a little bit, take more of a cap hit now. Yeah, and if they win a championship, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> All world worth it. One of the best defenders of Giannis, mm-hmm. but. What I love, too, about it is how much Embiid can learn off of him. So now he is a steady center pro, one of the best in the game, even mm-hmm. keeled. You can't ask for a better teammate. Right. And defensively, other, he's one of the best in the NBA, right, right. at that position. So I, I think it'll be good on Embiid and also somebody who could be a mentor. We're not going to be seeing these out-of-shape games. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see both of them on the same court uh, at the same court at the same time. You know, lineup's going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be a big lineup. It's going to be interesting on how they attack that. I know you're very critical of Brett Brown and his coaching, so it's going to be something to watch. You know, moving forward to next year. And we and we saw how well the defense played in the you know the playoffs this year. They right. took uh, the Raptors to seven. Yeah, final shot right at then was right. be- beat them. And then I actually liked their signings that they had. So they they finally got a backup center and mm-hmm. Kyle Quinn. They w- were able to. Right, J.J. Redick walked over to New Orleans. That, right. That's fine. I'm, Which I have no I, issues with that. You know, I know you were kind of downplaying that that um, that loss, but I think it's it's it stops the Sixers from being able to stretch the court, which is which is a big problem that we've seen on some of these. Um, very yeah, I, teams. I I just think Harris will take a little bit more of that, and and right, Horford has for. the shooting also. That's He's true. not going to be taking that many. Don't get me wrong, right. but I I think he could come in there. They have some young um, three and D types. Right. With uh, the draft that just happened, mm-hmm. um, no, Ball, they have Z- Zaire Smith coming up. They, they re-signed James Ennis, Mike Scott. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they have the wings there, uh, per se. You could play two or the three for them. So right. I, I, I'm, I really like their lineup. I think the one position they're missing is the backup point guard, right? So they got Nito. It's journeyman, yeah. nothing to write home about. Uh, I think they were hoping more from Shake Milton to come on, but he hasn't been looking too great in yeah. Vegas. Right, and I think the last thing for, for the Sixers is, you know, kind of ironing out this extension for Simmons. Um, you know, $170 million yeah. is a lot of money to commit to a guy who can't shoot. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Sixers do. I know you're very high on, on, on Simmons, and a guy who can't shoot for 170 million <laughs> is a little tough for me, but you know we'll he's see. also only 22. So. Right, right, but he doesn't have the same athletic ability as, as as Giannis does. When everyone was saying that he couldn't shoot, but Giannis now can shoot, so it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting development. And can goes dunk down from half court. Right, exactly. So, so I, I th- all right, why don't we go right into the Bucks? I think they basically retained their whole team minus Brogdon. I, think that's a big loss for them. Right. That was actually a little shocking to me that they were going to let him go. Um, it, and he didn't even sign that big of a contract around you know $80 what? Million. I think there's some writing on the wall that's going on over with up the in Milwaukee. Injuries? Not even with the injuries. I think it's more of their worry about whether they're going to be able to keep Giannis. Gotcha. Uh, you know, they just seem they just signed his brother, his older brother, uh, mm-hmm. who, who played for the Knicks with a short stint. It's It's... I think they're moving towards a direction where they think that they may lose him, so they're going to try and do everything they can to keep him around while being able to stay relevant. And you can see that some of the reasons why some teams are making certain free agency moves, like like Miami, um, like like the Knicks, unfortunately, and but like the Lakers <laughs> when they ended up signing Jason Kidd as their backup head coach, basically. They're, I'm sure they're envisioning 2021. Jason Kidd and Giannis have a great relationship. That T would just step in in that role, and then that would be one of the enticing factors to go bring Giannis to to um, to LA. But I think they're one of they're one of the top three teams in the East um, based on based on the uh, the moves that they made. But now the East is really wide open. Uh, you, you look at the Pacers. You know when Victor Oladipo comes back and they have Brogdon, that is going to be yeah, one gonna be hell a of a backcourt. Line on, man. It's gonna I, be one hell of a backcourt. I think they'll be good. I think Pacers. Like you're saying, they'll be very tough, a good out, mm-hmm. tough out for everybody. Right. And, I, you know, one thing, I don't think that people should be sleeping on Boston either. Uh, I know they lost Kyrie, which I think was probably a, an, 
an additive, an additive right. instead of a negative. Um, and then they ended up bringing in a, basically a more efficient player in Kemba based on what Brad Stevens wants to run. They yeah, lo- I, that's one thing, though, right? He's uh, older, 30 also, right. shooting guard who relies on athletic ability. Kemba, you're saying? Yes. So I, I haven't heard anybody really talking about the length of that contract, right? Like we're talking about a lot of these guys. Well, whereas like bigger guys generally can go older, right? Because as long as they longer the, learn the long game and right. they're able to defend, they're more flexible. Whereas the, the smaller guys, your guards, they need that athletic pop for the dual threat. Right. But the one thing with Kemba that I think differentiates between him and Kyrie is that Kemba doesn't need the ball at all times really to be effective. And then the other difference is that Kemba hasn't been hurt much in his career as opposed to, you know, Kyrie is coming off all this injury well, history. And, and your third difference, he's a great teammate. Right, right. That's that's huge. So, And he plays into into the system. You know, it's unfortunate that, um, you know, Michael Jordan will, won't spend over the luxury tax because the team just doesn't generate the type of money for him to do so and um you know it it was unfortunate to see a star player leave charlotte but at the end of the day i think boston with him and with Cantor, and then you know gordon haywood coming back which i attribute to kind of the same you know one season that paul george had when he came off of his you know scary injury i think gordon haywood's going to come back and play really well especially when he doesn't have to worry about a bull dominant flat earther like kyrie irving yeah, but you know what's crazy about the Hornets? Then they go out and sign Rozier to a lot of money. Like, well, that that didn't make any sense. What is it? Three years for fifty three million, I believe. I, yeah. it, I mean, granted, they did a sign and trade, and they made it they made it work with Boston. But uh, you know, Terry Rozier is a good player. You know, he had his ups and downs when he was in Boston, especially having to sit behind Kyrie. But that is a lot of money for a guy who really hasn't been in that highlight role. That's big money. That's big. That's big time money. Right, and and you kind of played uh, Kemba too. You offered them five years, but for one eighty, not the one eighty. Um, what was it? it? It was something where it was a low ball offer. It, was, right. it probably was five years, one forty. Where he's whatever the four, number was to yeah, keep them under I the luxury. I think that's what right? it is. And it's four years, one forty. That he's getting for Boston. It's right. kind of like a slap to the face. Yeah, uh, I mean, Kemba's never been really one to be spiteful or anything like that. You know, it would have been, it would have been nice for him to stay there. But again, him over there in Boston, I think they are also in the top of, of what's going to be going. going no, on the I, East. I agree completely. Yeah, um, yeah so, they, I just think really good coach. You have um, a lot of players who weren't getting along last year, and I think they have their established young core together now, and I think they'll do a lot better. Right. So uh, let's uh, let, let's just move, I guess, to you know the team that really highlighted the majority of free what, agency in the first couple what, of hours. What do we think about Brooklyn before we leave the East? Well, no, that's the team that uh, I was you talking about. Want to go right to Brooklyn? Yeah, no, oh, we're okay. going to go right to Brooklyn. Um, so this is this is interesting. And I really want to hear your take on this because you are a um, a big like KD hater. <laughs> so um, you know, obviously Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, and it was set. And then you know, KD does this whole release on the boardroom or whatever on Instagram, and uh, not before he got played by Woj. Right, right, right. <laughs> Where great. Rose is just like, I all right, well, it. you're not releasing it. I'm going to release this a couple hours early. Um, then it, the report came out today that I believe that the Nets and, and uh, Marks, they didn't know that uh, KD was committing until the Instagram post or the, until the reports, which is like, you know. It's pretty strange. Yeah. I, I feel like Kyrie and KD had that locked up for a while, though. That's what they were saying. They had it. Some some sources came out that um, that we've spoken to said that they had it in place in February, so right around All the All Star weekend, right around the, the, those conspiracies that were coming out. But uh, I, I, you know, I know everyone says that they thought that, and it's you know that one person being myself that KD was going to go to New York. I think. The injury changed that drastically, mm-hmm. um, and the Knicks basically flat out said that because they weren't going to offer. They didn't offer him, or were not going to offer I, him the max. Yeah, I, I don't know how much that came into play. I, I think there's just a lot of things around the Knicks right now. Well, that's true, but the, some of the people were saying that 
the reason why Dolan didn't want to shove out the the money was he got burned on a lot of bad con- Joe Kim Noah contract, um, the Amari Stoudemire contract, and all of those things. Mm. And and history doesn't really show that, regardless of how good KD is as as a player, there's only been one person that's been able to come back from an Achilles injury. Yeah, it's devastating. It's just different in basketball when that ties into so much of what you do with the up and down, getting right. off your shot, the and explosiveness. It, and it's just more of the balance of your body, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that one side where your Achilles is going to be um, treated, it, you're much tighter on that side. So it's, it's a balance thing. Now, granted, um, KD doesn't rely heavily on his athletic ability to score the ball. No, because he's already so big, right. seven foot already. He's going to have the high release, so he's not having to elevate so much for his shot. Right. Um, but still, right, it, it's going to take off his explosive of serious drive, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to that. Um, so, uh, you you're, know, you're not going to come back right away. Right. And just like you were saying, you never thought that they were going to be able to make it in that in that market in that environment anyway. You and and Charles Oakley and, and Charles Barkley <laughs> said the same thing, so you're on that that scale of things. But so so it, yeah, I, I think it's much better being in Brooklyn for right. them, right? You're you're not going to have the same kind of press, right? Also, like look at their practice facilities, right? They practice in Brooklyn, right? It's state of the art, mm-hmm. brand new. It's beautiful. I mean, I I think where Knicks are out practicing in Westchester, which right. is crazy. Right. Like, if you were the Knicks organization, you were serious about doing this, you would build something, you know, near there. Right. It's not like he doesn't have the money. They're breaking in hand over fist right. from MSG, from all the events that they have, and, you know, just set something up. I'm sure you can find some room there at MSG. It's massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or to take over the theater, put the practice facility in the theater. That's exactly and it, what I was thinking. Yeah, make it like a multi-facility thing. Right, you know what? There, there are other reasons why that people don't go to 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 the Knicks. The one person being James Dolan. He is he is <laughs> the problem there, and the reason why that you know Bezos needs to take the rest of his money that he didn't shell out to his ex-wife <laughs> and use that to buy the Knicks, um, since he's buying everything else in Manhattan. But Let's. Uh, I mean, let's really. You know, we want to skip over Brooklyn. What do we think Brooklyn is? I mean, basically, KD is not going to be playing the first season, so it's basically Kyrie and Boston all over again. Uh, don't forget their other forty million dollar signing. In De- oh, and who? DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah. He's a shell of himself. That really doesn't. That that really <laughs> doesn't do just, much. Just because he's their boy. That yeah. it must be nice to get ten million a year because you're somebody's boy. Right. Exactly. Um, no, I, I think the one concern with it is they do have still the young core. They have Jared Aaron still at center, so mm-hmm. minutes with Jordan, uh, with Kyrie coming in, fitting in with uh, Dimwitty, uh, all the young, nice players that right. they have. You just got to hope he doesn't burn it down before right, Katie right. even gets there. And it's not like Katie's Mr. Personality either. Mm-hmm. I. It's, it's, be interesting. And DeAndre Jordan, the guy who couldn't make up his mind going which way or the right. other. That's a good point. So you have three very indecisive guys there coming into a culture. Kenny Atkins, a coach who's not afraid to get up in players' faces. Right. I don't know how well Kyrie's going to handle that. Right. And he had a problem with Brad Stevens. And exactly. Let alone, let alone Kenny Atkinson. So. Uh, I am of the opinion that a lot of analysts and a lot of people are way too high on Brooklyn. I just because they were the eighth seed last year. Right. I think, and, and like we just said, we don't know how KD will come back. He won't be playing this year. Right. They shouldn't rush that back. Right, and I and I believe one of the reasons why Brooklyn was so good was because of what D'Angelo Russell was able to do with that young core, mm-hmm. um, which you know brings us to you know switching over to to the Western Conference and and really what. The Warriors were able to salvage, you know, based on uh, KD leaving, um, you know, bringing in D'Angelo Russell for their new uh, big three, so to speak, with Clay, Steph, yeah. and Russell. But I, th- I think he's more of a tra- trade chip, I right? Agree too. He just doesn't I agree too. fit anything they do, the style of play that they have. I agree, but what it does allow um, the buys Warriors to do, it, it buys them time. It allows them that trade asset, but it also right. allows Steph Clay, to play off the ball. Well, and Clay won't be back right away because right. the ACL 
surgery. Right, so it buys them the time that they need to be able to mm-hmm. make a playoff push. What, uh, what did you think about the trade of Iguodala to Memphis? Well, the writing was on the wall. Like, he was on his book tour saying, talking all this shit. Um, yeah. I think he knew ahead of time. Um, that, that I know Memphis is saying that they're trying to trade him elsewhere. Well, why not? I, I mean, mean, and they got I a first-round pick for it, too. Right. So um, it, I, that's so that that's what bugs me about what the Knicks did with mm-hmm. all their short-term signings. I just feel like they could have u- utilized the cap space or and been a facilitator of these trades. You know, you just take on some dead money for a year or two, which you guys are waiting for to twenty-one for the free agency, which is why you signed it. Why not get draft assets in the process? I I, I agree in in that sense, but I'm also thinking that as a team going into the season where you're very young you want to surround mm-hmm. your young talent by you know you know veteran players and players that you know are going to be able to to win for you you don't want to be the dumping ground for for cap like they were in the last one the, the Porzingis trade even though the Knicks were able to dump cap on Dallas they, they, they that's just not you don't want to be considered that dumping ground um, so I believe the reason why they wanted to sign the players they wanted to is that they to, to attract the Giannis in the 2021 um, class that you know Knicks fans have to wait again for. Mm. You have to be able to put together an, a, a winning organization yeah, because I, New I York think, doesn't have that glamour anymore. I think what we've seen now, though, is without a superstar, you can't really attract someone unless you're Miami. Well... Uh, not even just Miami. I mean, Miami had Dwayne Wade when they were there, when Bosh and, and LeBron decided to go down there. Well, um, right. I was talking about Jimmy Butler now, like, going there. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty funny how they were digging up all the stuff about Jimmy Butler. It's like, I'll never wear uh, a <laughs> jersey. And then, you know, they, they, they posted it and put that back up. But uh, I think Jimmy wanted South his— South Beach is kind of nice with no state income tax. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. But it also, you know, um, has its vices as well. That's very true. Um, and I, going back to the Warriors, I think that they are an organization that is, is clearly ahead of everyone else in the NBA. They're building their new arena, privately funded, which all the money goes back to them. They're building their team around Steph. They're building their team around Clay. You can see that. Um, I don't know if I'd go ahead and say they're clearly ahead of everyone because then look at what the Clippers just did. Well, the Clippers are doing what the team— Can we transition there you still got some— No, 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 that's that's a perfect transition. I still think that the Clippers are are doing the the status quo of of what the NBA has done is bend to a player— to get to trade yeah, everything yes and for no, another star. right? Because I, I think the, during their recruitment, they've always been confident about it, and they acquired assets, right? They kept acquiring assets to build up their franchise. Mm-hmm. I think they did a lot of smart moves here and there that really on the fringes, too, that acclimated to make this massive deal. And the way they're looking at it is it wasn't just for one player. It was for Kawhi and PG, Right. Well, let's, so those let's, those who you don't know, they give up five first round draft picks. Three so of them were theirs. Three of their own. <coughs> one Miami Heat unprotected in twenty twenty one. One protected in twenty twenty three from Miami, and two pick swaps. They might may never come to fruition, but they're pushed out later a date. Yeah, so. but they still have the, the the first round picks that the Sixers gave them for Tobias Harris, which makes the deal a little bit more. Right, two first round picks right. in there. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think one of those was traded to Brooklyn, though. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, there's this, the loss in the translation with picks, right. but. You know, going back to your point, and this is one of the reasons why, and I don't mean to go back to the Knicks, why the Knicks have such a struggle, is that Steve Ballmer was able to buy was able to buy the, the Clippers, mm-hmm. build that foundation, brings in Jerry West, has Lawrence Frank there in the front office, right. Doc Rivers is a Hall of Fame coach, and then you what you end up doing is build a, a team that finishes, gets to the Western very, Conference. Very front, smart front office, right. like big front office, lo- analytically driven guys who have been around the league mm-hmm. but Kawhi ended up asking kd he asked kyrie he asked jimmy butler he asked yeah, all these guys I, what they I, wanted I to do i think that's like a lot coming out after the fact no as as it will it's just that 
you know, he was going to go back to the Raptors if he couldn't get somebody there, which is why the trade dropped so late, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning where they traded for Paul George. Do, do we feel he's even more of a mastermind and made the Lakers wait so they couldn't sign players at the start of free agency, uh, too? No, I do. I, I, I do agree. And, and it's funny because Kawhi never really struck me as a, as a guy who has, like, a lot of the NBA stars, players, like, phone numbers yep. or communicates like that. And I... It just doesn't make much sense for him to go to to go to L.A. because it would be even a, a more weak move than KD going to the Warriors. L.A. meaning the Lakers. Lakers, um, I got what you mean. Uh, I think he's in a, in a much better place. The Clippers have you know they have Pat Beverly. They probably have the best defensive team that you'll see around the perimeter in NBA history. Yep. Um, you know they still have they've solidified their front court. They solidified their back court. They have the the reigning um, six man of the year still coming off the bench in Lou Williams. It, 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 that team is is going to be very 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 and, interesting. And you could be confident in the front office to make the fringe moves that you need. And to hire the medical staff to keep Kawhi comfortable to to make sure that you know they they handle the load management appropriately. And at the end of the day. It, it's all about the the relationships between the players, the front office, and, and, and the coach. And you can see that that's one of the driving factors. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have some fun L.A. series now with Clippers and Lakers. If they play it all, that would be fun game. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Lakers, and we'll just transition to over there, and I said on this podcast that they wouldn't get a star player after the Anthony Davis trade. And th- the reason is because they're dysfunctional. Right. They're, uh, like, look at the... Uh, going back to Kawhi for a second, but the right. reason he probably didn't sign there is because look at the way the front office is run with all the leaks that they've been having. Right, and he and said that. 100%. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Like, you look at – so look at the way the Clippers are run then versus the Lakers. It, it's it's wild. Right. And it, the other thing is is that now you look at the Lakers and, okay, they have LeBron – who they're going to want to play the point guard, which is going to be a lot more miles on his body. He's been playing point guard his whole life, though. Right. And then they have um, uh, Avery Bradley they just signed, which is going to be able to, to defend the point guard on the other side of the yep. ball, which you need to hope that he is 85% of, of what he was when he was up in when he was up in Boston. And, and then Anthony Davis is going to do Anthony Davis, but, you know, can you really rely on him being healthy? That, that that's remains yeah. to be seen. I like the boogie move one year for that man, right. for Mill. But, <clears throat> but, then, but then you go out and sign another center, right? Uh, who'd they give $8 million to? Um, oh, I forget his name. I'm not really sure. I, but while you're, while you're uh, trying JaVale to— JaVale McGee. Right. Right, so like, you're telling me he's worth four million a year? Like, come on! But, but I, I did like the Danny Green signing that they gave that two was, years for thirty million. That was nice. That was a good signing. Uh, they just needed shooters around them, uh, and I could see them going to get uh, Kyle Korver maybe if 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 he's bought out, which I believe he just recently was by the Suns. Uh, but you know, looking forward to 2020, you know. LeBron only has really two years left, I think, in his, in his prime. I don't think the Lakers re-sign him again to where he's going to be, you know, the focal point of that team anymore. And when he walks away, what 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 is the Lakers now? It's just basically New Orleans all over again, centered around Anthony Davis. So that's yeah. that's really going to set a very interesting um, twenty twenty for the Lakers because. What does Anthony Davis really want? Is he going to be stuck there in another New Orleans, or is he going to, you know, really be able to attract talent, which he hasn't been able to do in the past? No, but yeah, it's a tough situation, right? Because it's a lot of factors, like you're saying. The front office mm-hmm. also had a lot to play with the New Orleans, right? Uh, but it's not like we have much confidence in LA, right? Granted, it is. You know, the Lakers do have that going for them, that they're the historic franchise, which has paid some people going there, right? Mm -hmm. So they have some hope, but I I don't know, unless they change something soon. Right. Yeah, I mean, mean, you know. We'll we'll see how it plays out. I I think this year we'll be able to tell. It's just the competitive balance has shifted so much. It just seems like there's so many – two-star duos over the whole 
uh, map of the league that we've never seen. Right. A lot of parity this year. Mm-hmm. 11 teams that could potentially win in. Right. And I just think it's going to be a fun year. Right. It's now the, the regular season is going to really mean something instead mm-hmm. of thinking that the Warriors are going to push through. So, yeah. I mean, with that parity, who, who do we think, which well, team do Look you think? at two more teams in the West. Utah made a couple smart moves. Right. Then you have Portland also. Right. With so. Whiteside going to Portland and um, what's his name? The, the, the stretch four from... Um, Brihambervich, something Russian, Slovenia, whatever, sharpshooter that went to um, Utah, and then they trade, and then Utah traded for Mike Conley Jr. from Memphis. I mean, right? I mean, that, Who, who's been a stud in the playoffs before? Like, right? Tough, confident point guard. Uh, we're able to. We'll, we'll see how their young shooters do over there. So, right. be interesting. I, I mean, I guess. The question that I have for you is: Is that out of all the deals and all the transactions that happened over the last week and a half or so, which Western Conference team you think got better, and then which Eastern Conference team you think got better? Well, I mean, absolutely the Clippers, right? So you have to count them. Now, like, would you consider them the favorite coming out of coming out of the West? In that uh, case, I, I I think you have to put the Clippers as the favorite. Right. I'd put. The Lakers right up there. I, I wouldn't count them out. Oh, you would put, you put the Lakers that high? Yeah, I, I think LeBron taking some time off finally. I, I think we'll see him rejuvenated with AD back and all. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much we'll see of them during the regular season because they got to mind that, right? Right. Uh, I, you can't count the Warriors. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they got any better, though. To tell you the truth, no, obviously with losing KD, like you're not going to get any better in right. the injuries that they had. Losing Iguodala is a big piece for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to have the depth that they had before. But it, like you said, they're a smart f- uh, front office. So let's see what they do with D'Lo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I think the Lakers will probably finish like fifth in the West. Yeah, but that doesn't Granted, scare it doesn't me with really them. Matter as as long LeBron. as they, once they get there, right, it takes over. Yeah, because the Houston's still the same, regardless of all the nonsense that's going on with Harden and Chris Paul. Right. I think Utah got a, a lot better. I think they're probably my favorite coming out of the West. Um, you know, Utah, huh? Yeah, I like wow. Utah as, as the sleeper coming out of the West. I, you know, they, they're they're big up front. They now they have the shooters. Um, you know. They have the point guard to facilitate and and also be be a threat to get to the basket. They have the defensive player of the year that's there. I mean, I think they're a very underrated team and they're gonna make some noise. Staying in the West, I I'm eager to watch your boy, the unicorn, play with Luca. Yeah, he won't play. <laughs> He's not gonna play. No, I mean, it, you know, he, he may go to jail. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. So, John's real upset about that. No, I thought it was a good trade. I'm not. I'm not bashing him. I hope everything works out. Especially, you know, I, I like Mark Cuban. So, mm-hmm. I, just, <laughs> I just hope they they suck in 2021 and 2023. That's all. Yeah, and and for the East, I I think the Pacers got better, and right. I really like what the Sixers did. I think I they're putting out a better lineup too. I yeah, think. I think if you had to pick the top four teams in the East, you're looking at both, not in any particular order. You're looking at Boston. You're looking at um, the Philly, Philly. You're Milwaukee, looking at Milwaukee, and Indiana, and, and Indiana. And holy shit, I just forgot. I'm sorry. Wow, I think Denver. Totally forgot about Denver. Yeah, the, the West is stacked. Yeah, and Portland got white sides. So now they got those two guys. And, and we're going to see what Porter Jr. can do out in Denver. Yeah, I, actually, I may like Denver more than I like Utah. So then, even if you put, I think Denver's better than the Lakers. I think Utah's better than the Lakers. I think the Clippers are better than the Lakers. I regular season, I'll give it to yeah. you. But once it comes down to the restricted lineups in the playoffs, we've seen. Listen, if the Lakers finish in the seventh or eighth spot, that's not a good. I don't care. It's it's a third. It's a late LeBron James who I think is going to get injured again. So, the guy's has twenty one. He's played seventeen. He's got a. He's probably got twenty one seasons of basketball on his legs right now how fun would that be though if we saw la versus la western conference that would be very interesting i'd i'd have some fun with that yeah i think and and, and a lot of people wouldn't have to do as much traveling <laughs> besides for paying the hundred dollars for parking yeah exactly fucking la just staying in there i know but you know what la and 
they're trying to be this whole like world renowned like team again and everyone uh, it's whatever just because they have LeBron on it doesn't really doesn't really do it for me (laughs) (laughs) but but I guess speaking of the world um, yeah back to back champs back to back champions for the US women's national team congratulations to them Um, first time since world war two yeah <laughs> that makes it a total of four, um, four World Cups for them. Um, I know the last podcast we talked about equal pay and broke that down. Obviously, it doesn't really matter about the World Cup, so I just want to make sure everyone remembers that. Um, it um, it was very fun though, um, seeing them um, kind of win and, and understand, um, you know, celebrations are, are obviously different in certain circumstances. So I don't. I don't knock them for... Yeah, I, I think they handled everything pretty well. Yeah, I to mean... To say the least, with, with all that going on, all the drama, you know, they handled everything classy and just said, look, it's part of the game. Right. And we didn't... Yes, it was going around about the pay and all, but it's not like that's what they were harping on the whole time. It was all about playing. And right. then, you know, obviously it's going to come out after, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with that. And I, I agree with them. Like, look... You guys just won your second World Cup. There's a lot of factors, but like we said before, you reap what you sow. Right, exactly, exactly. And I thought a couple of the highlights from you know the the, the World Cup for the women is one, it gave uh, Ryan and I an excuse to to drink on uh, stupid occasions, on stupid days, work days. Um, the other thing was I thought that uh, Alex Morgan's uh, teacup. Celebration after the goal against was London great. was was very poetic, and I enjoyed that. I don't know if I enjoyed her uh, her dance in the locker room more than her teacup <laughs> to England. But if anybody hasn't seen that video, you can just type that into Google. It'll come up really quickly because everyone knows my love for Alex Morgan. <laughs> and uh, um, um, yeah, and they they came back, they celebrated. So you know, and, and Rupino. How yeah. about her? Golden Boot Award winner. Yeah. yeah. That girl does not miss a penalty kick. Unreal. No, she's she she um Ice. They, yeah, ice in her veins. They play they play a, a certain way. They they funnel the, the two wings um um up to the middle and, and you know, she's this is her f- I believe it's her third third World Cup in a row. Um she's won two of them. So yeah. You know, How about that power, power couple? Her and Sue Bird. Sue Bird. I know. Bird. I, I found couple that out times recently. WNBA champion too. Like, who's more of a power couple, the two of them or or the Ertzes? Well, you know my bias. I, I go, I, I go Ertz immediately. Oh, do you? Okay. I. By the way, I loved. He went the yeah. whole time over there and wouldn't give one interview. <laughs> Well, because, A, nobody over there knows who he really is. No, but there's a lot of American reporters that's, who, who That's tried. true. That's true. But he also, the, the attention's not supposed to be on him. It's supposed to be on his wife. No, but a lot of people would still give true. their own interviews. I thought, he did, sure I thought he, he did a great job with right, it. And, I agree. And everything going on, he, he navigated a while. Right. I agree. And, it, and we assume that he ended up having the opportunity to do the interviews and decided to decline them, which, you know, even speaks more to, to his character. Yeah, classy on him. Yep. Um, so, you know, now we'll kind of see what happens with, um, you know, them moving forward from from the um, the litigation standpoint, from the I, sponsorship standpoint. You and, know what I wish is that they could play the Women's World Cup every two years, right? Because men, they have all these obligations, all these other tournaments. You know what? That's, that's a good point. It's, uh, somebody just brought that up to me uh, a couple of days ago, and they were asking, like, why why they don't do that. And it, and it would generate more revenue for them, right? Because it's not like they're making that much in mm-hmm. their own leagues. This would be a way to generate more of a wealth for them. Right. I agree with that. The one caveat that and that I would bring up is FIFA makes a lot of money. The organization, the corrupt organization itself, makes a lot of money picking the World Cup and granting the World Cup to certain cities, and uh, <laughs> and uh, it uh, it it makes it a little tougher to to do that for the women. How about what they said about Messi the other day? So Messi got the red card over oh, nothing. Yeah. Him and the Chile captain. 
bumping chests after he came out and said that they are corrupt and all, which some people think that might have been pointed for the red card. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and said, yeah, he might get suspended for two years over that. Like, what, for playing only in the a Copa? corrupt organization would ever say that. For playing in the Copa? At the end of oh, the- yeah, his comments, calling, calling FIFA corrupt yeah, and all. I mean, you know what? You know my stance on Messi. He, you know, he couldn't win the big, big tournament again. So he needs to take the attention off of himself in, in that regard. If he doesn't play in another Copa tournament, who gives a shit? He don't care. He, he's, he, he needs to worry about the World Cup, and he needs to worry about um, La Liga and, and No, Champions no, that League. wasn't just for Copa. That was from all oh, FIFA. So he's not going to play soccer for two <laughs> years? Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's, see how, let's see how that goes. I, I just thought it was funny. It was just like, what are you doing? You're proving his point. Right. Like, he, he didn't – the Brazil thing I didn't get, but then with the double red card, that that was silly. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. Those tournaments really are just nah, – It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, okay, well, speaking of um, – Fighting. Fighting. So UFC 239 was this past Saturday. Yeah, some, some great fights, right? So we'll just go on the headliners, right? Okay. So Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Askren undefeated. Mm-hmm. Never lost MMA fight. Never lost. Never lost. Jorge coming off a big win, uh, and one of the most notorious press conferences where he gave somebody the three piece combo for. Trying to chide in on his <laughs> after talks, which was amazing. So the, the guy stands with his hands behind his back, lets him talk, and then just rips him with the three piece, drops him. Uh, kind of similar. So Ben Askren, his, his deal is he likes to talk a lot of smack, get under people's skins. And <laughs> Jorge's a guy who just likes to fight. This is a guy from the Kimbo Slice days, back when the Bare Knuckle Miami fights. Right. Yeah, that's, that's where he got his start. So Street Jesus started back then. That's a that's a blast from the past. Right? Rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. Yeah. So that that's where he started. So the, the fight starts off, hands behind his back. And with the wrestler, the big thing is, you know, when you charge or, like, come up top, mm-hmm. usually the wrestler is going to go to his natural reaction, right? Go for the shot. Right. Where he playing that out beautifully with right. the fastest yep. KO ever. Leaps with a flying knee, just drills him, knocked out instantaneously. So Before, what was he saying to him, like, after he knocked him out when he was slapping the floor? Oh, he was, he he was, was just, checking on himself. No, he was well, just, like, he was just to- taunting him because he hated the taunting that Ben does. He hates the, the talk that fighters do right. to prop themselves up nowadays. Oh, so okay. he's he's absolutely against that, like, and okay. that's his thing. I was just like, you know, after he just knocked the guy out cold, he just oh, gets yeah. on his knees and he's banging he's banging on the, the mat, and I'm like, right. this is fucking And then great. knocks him with the fake yeah. knockout falling yeah, yeah, over yeah. himself. But I thought Ben handled it beautifully. He was like, huh? I probably deserve that. Yeah, I was most likely. I mean, if you're going to talk that much shit, you, you're bound to get yeah, hit. Yeah, owning. And, yeah, and he did. He took one. I mean, it was just exciting. Fastest knockout ever. Wild. I'm glad he's all right. He was down yeah, for a while. Yeah, he was down for a while. So that was fun. And then you have the women's two-belt champ, Amanda mm-hmm. Nunes, fought Holly Holmes. We, we, all know, we all know Holly Holmes from beating Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and that's really about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think she's pretty overrated. And I was talking to a guy before. It's a, like you know, first of all, Nunez is just a fucking just monster, a savage. Yeah, for you to she just went in there. She she did the same thing to Cyborg. Holly Holmes looked like an amateur yeah. striker, and you're talking about a girl who's had multiple pro kickboxing concerts, right? And she just looked so overwhelmed. It was wild. Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. So props to Nunez that there was just so who's but she has nobody left to fight now. Like that's that's the issue. <sighs> yeah, now. I, I I really don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> because those because uh, you know if women for women it's more difficult. And Ryan, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is more difficult for them to put on weight to get to different weight classes as opposed to as opposed to men. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, for them to do like because uh, you see men they'll jump up to different weight classes to get different belts. For women, it's much more difficult. So, well, to do. it's just the the body frame yeah. structure too, yeah, right? Yeah. Like women aren't really designed 
to put on that type of mask, get right. like really big and thick, very right. quick. Unless they're taking, it, it's like, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some unless you're cyborg, right, right. Cyborg, give some of your secrets out there. <laughs> okay, uh, so before, but before we get to the 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 bones fight, what about the fight that happened outside of the ring between Nate uh, Diaz wait, wait, and Nate Khabib? Di- yeah, yeah, I. I think it was just a lot of shit talking. They didn't really get to each other. Yeah, but you know what? If there was one person that I would like to see Khabib fight, uh, and I, I and I really don't want to see Khabib and Connor fight again because I think that Khabib's so boring. I, I just I can't know, stand watching him fight. I and love like, watching Diaz fight. Yeah, but it's not going to be the type of fight you want. He's, I know, I know, but still, like it, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a fan of that that type of. That so type of guy. the way it could be interesting is Diaz has the amazing gas tank that he does, mm-hmm. so he'd be able to push pace, push pace with Khabib, and if he could survive being underneath and all, then it could be. And he's also bigger than Connor. Yeah. So yeah, much Khabib cuts a lot of weight to get down to one fifty five. So catch weight or at one seventy, I th- I think it would be fine and interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think you make it at one seventy, that's a different ball game. Absolutely. So then I, I almost have to favor Diaz at one seventy. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we don't know. We're just speculating because that was entertaining. But um, really, the fight, the fight of the night, which everyone really wanted, uh, came to see, was um, my boy John Bones, Hot Piss Jones. Yeah, who was definitely afraid of Santos' yeah, power. Yeah, absolutely. And. Uh, it wasn't a fun fight from Jones. He was just doing what he had to, right? Hurt um, Santos's knee early. Mm-hmm. So it came out in the first round. He not only tore his meniscus, tore his ACL, and had a broken tibia. Who is this? Um, Santos. Santos. And continued to kick with power the whole time. Like, the. It's astonishing. You would see his knee buckle, like oh, it was. It's, yeah, it's it was just, bad. that's just that's just pure adrenaline oh, at that point. Yeah, but you're you're sitting around him for five rounds. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Like props to him, man. He's yeah. a bad, bad dude. He just punches with no regrets. Nothing. Just out there trying to no kill regrets. every. Not, not one letter. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> I, I hope it's spelled correctly for that tattoo. <laughs> Uh, but I would regret that Thor-sized uh, yeah. hammer on my chest. But I learned that he's a bad, bad dude. And no, I would not say that to him because <laughs> <laughs> I'd have some regrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I as, would not I, be able to spell that right afterwards. Yeah, as you, you and everybody else. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked what Santos did. I thought he put on an exhilarating fight. Where Jones, I, I thought he could have done more to capitalize. I thought he should have. Mm-hmm. But when you're in this position, he's more fighting not to lose than exactly. to win right now. So, which is a shame because we've seen some amazing Johnny Jones performances. Yep, so, absolutely. I don't know. He he also hasn't been in the ring too much, so yeah, that, that's another factor. So, hopefully, he'll come back on. But mm-hmm. he goes in these ruts, as you right. would say. Yeah, without um, the cocaine. Maybe should do more cocaine. Then. Maybe I don't he was know. more fun then. Should just turn the blind eye. Yeah, so John Jones, if you're listening, go party in Vegas, go have some fun. <laughs> let's let's see you come back out with those vicious elbows and knockouts. Yeah, those those the, the, coming up from the bottom with the, the he almost caught Santos with one of them too. Yeah, ripping it around, mm-hmm. a few kicks up there, but I I just thought it wasn't enough. Yeah. Like he could have really done a lot more. But like you said, if you you you're going into a fight, you need to beat the champ. So like you were saying before, absolutely, he needs to. He would just. Fighting not to lose. Yeah. And I, I thought Santos clearly won the first two rounds. Yeah. Jones the next two, last one. Yeah, wash. Yeah. So that's okay. split decision. Um, yeah. All right. Talking about split decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Major League Baseball in their all-star extravaganza going on. I do have to give them credit for, for yesterday, though. It was fun. Uh, I... 
I, I think the new rules are better. I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't really know how I didn't process really, I don't even think they knew what was going on because it was the first time something ended in a tie. Then they were like, okay, let's do this again. They're going right. to run it back and end in a tie again. And they're like, okay, uh, you all get three swings and see how many home runs you can hit in three swings. That it's was like, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, head-to-head matchups is kind of cool right. where you have the time limit and all, but definitely the second person going always has the advantage. Because mm-hmm, they know what they gotta get, right? Um, but but it was cool that you know the the, the um, Alonzo ended up winning. You know, even though he won, I think it. Uh, well, he Vladimir won Guerrero in Jr. exhilarating fashion, champ. right? So yeah. let's talk about that. Like the first round, he was going up against the hometown Carlos mm-hmm. Santana, right? Um, with a second left on the clock, he hits the last bomb to right. beat him. So the fans were, weren't happy about that. Right, which is great, though. And then he took on, in the next round, he took on Acuna, who had 19 home runs, which basically would have won any other round, mm-hmm. especially in years past. Right. But they got that good juice ball going on now. Mm-hmm. So we'll then, talk about that. Yeah, and then same thing. He, he hits number 20, like, Right at the end, there also. What do they? What do they call him? What is he? The abominable snowman, the polar bear. What's Who's his that? nickname? Alonzo. Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's something like <laughs> it's something like hysterical. It's one of those like <laughs> mythical type of thing. I know polar bear is not mythical, but you know it's something. Yeah. Whatever. And then, like you said, Vlad Jr. Like. By the way, he looks nothing. He looks nothing like his father. He swings nothing like his father. I, I think Cecil Fielder's his real dad. <laughs> but like I, you know, it, you gotta, you gotta really hand it to to him because I was tired watching him swing the bat. If he's not in the hot tub right now relaxing, then Seriously. I don't know what else he's doing. like. He he had. He's a pretty stroke though, man. Yeah, he does. That that, Sweet that is familiar from his dad. Yes, yes. The 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 finish is very familiar. Mm-hmm. Him swing not swinging out of like crazy strike zones and mm-hmm. hitting him over the plate. That's what he hasn't gotten from his dad yet. But he shouldn't be <laughs> swinging at those pitches anyway. Nah. Um, but I think he. What was the number? I think he hit ninety-one home runs out of a hundred and like thirty swings or something like that. Crazy, yeah, crazy numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and you know it's kind of cool too. If you hit it over four hundred and forty feet, they you give you the, extra time. Now. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's just hard to follow all the rules, but right. I, I think it validates those guys hitting the big shots. Right. Well, it was also cool because Alonso was like, "I don't want the thirty seconds. I want to beat um, Asunia on in in the time allotted that I had." So he, that's why he did take the the remaining thirty seconds. I thought that was cool. Um, but uh, and the, we you can't ignore the million dollar prize. Like last year, it was seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, gives them something to compete for. You know, those those both of those guys that were in that home run contest make five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know, tacking on an extra million that's that's big for those guys. Yeah, I think it's good for baseball now that we're seeing the younger players step up right. there, and it gives them incentive with the bonus and that part. I think MLB did well with. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of other things that yeah that MLB does wrong, but you know you look at the NL uh, starting lineup for tonight. There the oldest player is Freddie Freeman. He's twenty nine. Everybody else is a baby, so you can kind of see where baseball is heading in, in regards to you know younger talent coming in. Yeah, but it's almost like like you're saying they're they're not making much as the younger players but they can make something later on. I wonder if their CBA will change at all. Well, you look at Asunia, right? What the Braves did, they signed him to mm-hmm. like a 100 million dollar contract and he only played one year. Like the the younger guys are going to want that security and the teams well, are going to want that. Look at Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. That's I think that's a great example. A guy chose football cuz he wanted the assurance and the money right away whereas with baseball, he right. wasn't going to get that. Right, he wasn't. He wasn't gonna get that. So I, I, I think that is something that could come up in talks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you know baseball is gonna want to deal with that, just because so many players of. But I think the owners. I think the owners want that. They want to keep it that. They want to be able to sign a senior for ten years of a hundred. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It keeps it down. Also, you, baseball, like no other, like there's a lot of players who don't develop into what you think. Right. Right. 
you know, and we talk about, we were talking about this weekend, the kid that the Yankees just signed out of the Dominican Republic that they're comparing to Mickey Mantle yeah. and Mike Trout. Like, you, he's 16. You don't know what he's going to be in, in Never 40 know. years. So. Well, I, I think that's another thing, too. Baseball takes players so young, which we saw a lot with NBA when they were taking right. more of the younger players. Right. So It's a developmental um, league for sure. A lot of players get lost in the minors. It's a very yep. difficult trip in the minors. It's not like you're you no, know, traveling it's not in easy style. at all. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be something that's very, very interesting. But the funny thing is that it's been dominating in kind of baseball now is, is juicing, but not juicing of the, what we were used to in the 90s, but juicing of, of the baseballs. Right. And um, I... I was having a conversation earlier and, you know, Justin Verlander was saying, oh, I threw my, I have thrown my change up for the first, you know, 10 years of my career, but I didn't develop a blister like I have in the last like three years. So the ball must be different. And it's like, okay, well, you know, the, the leather on the balls are, are much sleeker and yes. probably the stitching is much lower than what it used to be. But the one thing that people forget to consider, and, and I don't know if baseball wants to admit this or whether they know this or not, but, you know, the machines that are making these balls and make the center cores are probably so precise now that they're actually in the center of the baseball. So if you hit a ball and this, the core is directly in the middle or off to the left or off to the right, the ball is not going to flutter and have the drag yeah, that are, it normally Are you does. telling me that technology changed in three years? Yeah, absolutely. They they come out. I don't know if Rawlings come out and said that they have they've had better technology to make the baseballs more more efficient. They've come out and said that. Now was it baseball who like MLB as a whole who didn't want that back then or no? I don't think. I just didn't think that they had. It's just like everything. You know, they got more intelligent machines and more precise machines to build to build cars, to build planes, to build whatever. That now instead of you know building the baseballs like they used to by hand now they're optimizing them and now they're they're tighter and they have a tighter core more precise core that's why we were talking about the drag right when we were talking about the london series the yankees and red sox scored like 55 runs or something stupid it was like a football game over there 17 and 13 yeah i mean the the one reason why is because the the stadium was built for the track and field for the London London Olympics. It was built specifically to eliminate drag. So if you have the balls that they brought over and the stadium itself eliminates drag, the ball itself eliminates drag, that's why you're getting those balls pop off the bat and why those change-ups and off-speed pitches and breaking balls weren't breaking at all, which allowed that ball to pop off the bat even more. Yeah, going to need a pitching machine if you keep playing in London. Yeah, but, you know, I don't understand why Justin Verlander is bitching because, you know, the, with the well, seams being tighter and with the, it, his balls around, it gets more spin rate and allows him to throw faster, which is contributing to his longevity. So I don't know why he's got such, a, such yeah, an attitude about I, it. Yeah, I, but I think part of it is pitches that were before, you know, unhittable. Or now getting bla- blasted over the the fence, yeah, like like you wouldn't see. Look, look, he's he's a pitcher. He's going to come out against anything against pitchers. Yeah, but, but he he wasn't. You don't hear Aaron Judge or any of the batters complaining when you know they were throwing, you know, twelve, thirteen strikeouts a game, where that was a big thing. Yeah, games I, where, I don't even know if Judge was in back then. Yeah, ex- well, exactly. So I mean, you know, it's. It's a double-edged sword, and if he wants to keep complaining, he can keep complaining. But at the end of the day, technology is advanced. They wrap the balls tighter. They, they use better material to make it cheaper. Like it's not a directive of MLB, but you know you're trying to uh, appease a base that wants more power, more home runs, and don't really give a shit about singles and doubles. Yeah. So you know, it I mean, is what it is. yeah. You stop juicing one thing, you juice the next doesn't matter to me i think you know i believe what the halfway through last season there were eight home runs that were hit over 450 feet i believe already in the first half there have been 25 crazy so you know and it comes to also these guys that are coming up 
are bigger, stronger. They're getting, you know, more athletes that want to play baseball. I mean, right. I mean, it's a whole thing around athletes yeah. now. It's a lot more around. There's a lot of uh, around the nutrition, around the right. smarts of baseball, how to train. Analytics. Right. A lot more precise training around the actual sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're trying new ways with even um, hitting – Batting practice now, like different elevations right. for for the pitching machine to mm-hmm. try and get different movements off the ball, right? Because yeah. once the swing planes, up. everything. Correct, like that, right? correct, correct. Yeah. So the moral of the story is Justin Verlander should stop pitching and just keep pitching the way that he's pitching because it's probably going to help him pitch until he's forty. Yeah. Go tell him to do the Dougie with Kate Upton. I'll yeah, cheer well, him up. Yeah. Well, I I met Justin and both of them. They were both very lovely. So, <laughs> so. I bet. Yeah. They bought uh, me a drink. T- talk about an exciting thing. One of, one of the things that I sent you on, which stunned me, was in the Korean League, they have a budding competition. Oh, yeah. That so was the fantastic. Home run derby. That was fantastic. Like, so it's basically – so what is, what's the, 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 the metrics? Yeah, and the criteria. Like what, 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 makes, what makes a great bunt – like what, what makes a bunt score better than another? I I didn't go that deep into it. Oh, come what the on. competition is. I didn't care that much. Once I saw it, I was just flabbergasted and said, what is this? And how can anybody even care about that? Obviously, you did for half a second. Half a second. Lost my attention real quick. Quicker than a <laughs> bunt. And I think the last thing that's very relevant about baseball, and since we didn't film last week, last Monday was Bobby Bonilla Day. The annual... And you know what? Good that for him, man. $1.2 million until 2035. 2035. Yeah. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Do you think he lives to the end of that? Yeah, I think he lives to 65. I think he gets into the 65. But what I did find out was he's not the only one with, like, a deferred who, – who's had a deferred contract. It's just been – his was more, you know, alarming because he was a terrible player for the Mets in his second stint. He was terrible with the media and, you know, obviously the, the Madoff and the Wilpon connection, which made it that much worse. Yep. So, uh, but I think, you know, Jeter has one. Jeter had one. Uh, Gretzky had one. The kid had one. You know, it's not an unprecedented uh, ick contract language just the the new york papers and everything like that kind of ran away with mr bonilla but you know it's fun yeah and it's you know it's, it's an american pastime just as much as baseball is now so <laughs> so get into american pastimes one of our favorite american pastimes it's not even our sport lt gray yeah i just i just got frank frank the frank t-shirt the frank t-shirt yeah you, if you go on nike.com they have his head cover, uh, his, Frank. His tiger? Yeah, his, little, his, his name is Frank. I, I got like the... the I didn't uh, know he had a name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Frank. Frank the Tank. <laughs> so one of the great things about Tiger, you know, British Open, different times. The guy's waking up at 1 a.m. to go out and practice. Tomorrow it's not till next week. Yeah. Staggering. I, I love it. He's getting that focus back. Hopefully he brings it. Hopefully he doesn't tire himself out and he's ready to go. Yeah, the, the difficulty with him is going to be the cold weather that's going to be what's going to be out there. Um, that's going to be tough on his back. But it's the, the he plays Lynx courses so well because he just hits that stinger out there and it's just going to run. Absolutely. And it's open. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at this it's course. It's more forgiving. As the other yeah, unless you start spraying, you know, and then you're gonna have issues with the fescue. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I, the reason why I don't bet on golf is because I want to see Tiger win every tournament. So, um, if you know, it's gonna be Brooks is always in it for the majors. So you can see, you can see him make a run. Um, you know, and, and anybody can make a run. Rory's Rory has the course record there. Yeah, so. I, I think especially at. The open, right? We we never know who's going to win because mm-hmm. there's always a European tour guy too who could put on a show. Yeah, who's played the course or mm-hmm. you know the pro or whoever that that, that gets it done. Um, 
So it, it'll definitely be fun. I mean, I'm hoping Tiger puts on more of a performance than we just saw at Pebble. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going to be a very interesting tournament. It's one of my favorites because it's early in the morning, so... You know, you get that streamed on the on yes. the, the the three monitors at uh, at work. So don't, don't call John for anything work related. <laughs> yeah, no, don't Thursday don't fuck, Friday. Don't fuck with me on Thursday or Friday. <laughs> Seriously, maybe even Tuesday, Wednesday. He might be watching practice rounds all day. I may be. I may be. You know, I I'm very I'm very into my major my major weeks. So <laughs> just just let me be. I have my own Ryder Cup too in in three weeks. So that sh- that should be fun with a bunch of fucking degenerates. <laughs> so I'll let you know, I'll let you know how that goes, but um, you know, all in all, that's uh, kind of what we got for this week. Um, next week is going to be really fun because we're going to do a, a couple mailbags. We may have it like a little mailbag show, right? And then and in a month we get football, and then we start racking up with the football, which is kind of um, when we started this podcast it was like towards the end of the playoffs. It was like the divisional series, uh, right. the divisional. Um, um, start so uh, we're gonna get really into the weeds and um, you know maybe we'll do a little podcast on the road or something at like a tailgate which would be fun we'll maybe see. eagles maybe eagles jets down at the link that could get rowdy we may not go into the stadium <laughs> we just watch it and just podcast the whole fucking thing <laughs> but as always just hit us up on on twitter and uh instagram and any questions you can always just hit us up with a mailbag coming next week and as we always say this is no holding back and see you see you next week